Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 6, Episode 13, Courting. Mary, what happened this week? Joe is offered a plea deal, but chooses to take Ray's case against him to trial, and it has almost everything you could ever want out of a court episode. Snarky prosecutors, dramatic lines of questioning, objections, approaching the bench, pointing out the defendant, Luann being grumpy in the background, Joe's mom, who is just Felice but with good vibes, boomy, but most importantly, I guess, Brandon doing a voiceover while typing a very exclusive article and also saving the day. Val becomes the dark moment Vivian Kensington to Kelly's L. Woods, choosing a very shitty time to stir the whole Kelly and Brandon kissed after Thanksgiving pot. You'll notice I made this synopsis really short so we can talk longer because holy shit, guys, this episode. Seriously. I know. Oh, man. Yeah, there was just so much. Like, I think we discussed off the podcast, like, these are the most notes we've taken the entire season, perhaps even the entire show, dare I say. It's definitely a lot. Like, I easily took an extra page of just reactions yeah. in this episode. Like, mm -hmm. sometimes I'm just like, Susan and Brandon, heart emoji. This time, I'm like, Susan and Brandon, da 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 yeah, like detailing every little step because I think the point is like not only is there just a lot of exposition to talk about, but you almost don't want to miss stuff because everything I feel like had a point. Like the episode took me a lot longer to watch mm -hmm. too because I was trying to like make sure I got everything in the scenes. Yeah, there are definitely episodes where I can just like miss two minutes of the episode and I'm like, we'll talk about it. I'll pick it back up. This time I'm like, no, I need to talk about every time that court takes a recess and they have to follow Joe and Donna to be like, is this going to affect you and this and this and this? And mm -hmm. Joe and Donna are like, no joke famous at this point. Right? I mean, the amount of reporters and camera people and they basically looked like paparazzi, right? Like, Mr. Bradley, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, but then they were following Donna around, too, because of her notoriety with the Rose Court. Yeah. I was honestly didn't even, like, think about that until this episode. I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, they keep talking about how Donna is going to be so humiliated and, like, this is going to really put her in the spotlight. But she's technically already in the spotlight because of Rose Court. And so this is just heightening everything. Yeah. 100%. It's, it's wild. I mean, I, first of all, the built I think they like appropriately built up the storyline from Halloween. I mean, right? Like this was in mm -hmm. theory about maybe month and a half ish ago because we just had Thanksgiving. So it's let's say let's just say it's like five weeks ago, right? Six weeks ago at most. They've built up in a way that's made it chronological. So we've been able to see time pass, but we keep getting reminded, but we're not told the same thing over and over, right? There's like new things like Ray got hurt. There's charges. Ray goes to therapy. Joe's sitting out for homecoming. Like there's been a, a natural progression of the storyline that I almost feel like we haven't really had in a long time since probably high school. Yeah. And so I just looked up 
the like actual timeline of these episodes. This one aired on November 29th. So it's been about a month since Halloween. And then mm. after this, the show took a two week break. Oh, there you go. So it's yeah, actually then, yeah, extremely well paced for this big storyline. Yeah, because like it's not even just court. Like we have to get into it because, you know, the very first thing is actually this like kind of introduction to a new piece of the story where Jackie and Mel are on vacation. So Colin and Kelly are babysitting baby Aaron who we haven't seen in a while. She gets to wear her jammies for dinner. <laughs> she also gets to eat, like, basically whatever she wants per Colin, and Kelly gets to be, like, basically the mom, which, you know, like, as we remember, like, Jackie had Aaron in, when Kelly was in high school, so they're pretty far apart. Yeah. I do really appreciate that Colin is like, should we have ice cream for dinner or pie or mm -hmm. whatever he says? And Kelly is like, we cannot fill her with sugar. She needs to eat something. And then she has a tiny little cup of Coke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good parents. As long as it's tiny, it's fine. <laughs> it was like the perfect size for her little baby hands and it was adorable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then like we kind of figure out that it's actually Colin who's going to be watching her because Kelly and David are both going to court to support Donna. And yeah. I love that for them. Oh, I do too. I And I actually kind of love that David being the one to say, you know, maybe I shouldn't go. You know, maybe I should stay with Aaron. Like that's a reasonable excuse, right? Like mm -hmm. it would be if he decided to stay with Aaron. But I appreciate that the writers continue to remind us that, like, no, Kelly and David really love Aaron and, like, they enjoy spending time with her. They're very much into this blended family. But because of Donna, like, Kelly and David are arguably the also the closest to Donna. So it also makes sense for the two of them, if no one else, to be there. Oh, yeah. As soon as they both talked about it, I was like, that's perfect. Like, they're yeah. the ones that should be there. And then... You know, I got to be, like, pleasantly surprised when the rest of the gang was just there. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, thinking back on it, of course Steve and Claire and Brandon and all of these people would be there for Donna. But, like, it made so much sense that David and Kelly would go. Yeah, totally. And, you know, speaking of the rest of the gang, like, we see Susan and Brandon come in because they're picking up some dinner to take out. There's a whole, like... You know, that joke of like, they're ordering a mega burger and a veggie burger, but surprise, the veggie burger's for Brandon and the mega burger with onions is for Susan. Sometimes that's like me and Nate's Chick-fil-A order. Like he'll get the <laughs> the grilled chicken sandwich on a wheat bun with like medium fries and a lemonade or something. And then I'll get like nuggets and a large fry and a giant sweet tea and it's like I'm I'm a trope I know I'm a trope but I don't care because I love it <laughs> no that's like 90% of my life John is like I'm just gonna like have some grilled chicken and vegetables and I'm like but pizza <laughs> but potatoes <laughs> it's just right there we could fry the chicken we could fry Ooh. the vegetables oh yes now you're speaking my language yeah and you know, while they're ordering and they're being all like cutesy and adorable up at the counter, 
Valerie can't help herself. She can't. She literally explains that much later in the episode is that she cannot and will not help herself. And I gotta be honest, I love it for her. Like, I hate it, but I love it. Oh, same. She's the perfect, like, I think she's kind of a perfect villain because she is a villain, but also knows she's a villain. You know what I mean? So it's like, she's not trying, she's not a bad person trying to be, or she's not a good person who's trying to be bad. No, she's kind of a bad person, but Mm. she knows it and she owns it. Yeah. Like there are occasional moments where she tries to be good. And then there's times where like she sees Brandon come in and she's talking to David and she's like, oh, well, you know that saying, when the cat's away, the mice will cheat. And that's not even the saying. And David's just like, (laughs) yeah, so? (laughs) And I love it. Repeatedly, David is just like, don't do anything about this. And she's like, okay, I'll do something about it. You pushed me. Right? I just, she kills me. I think it would not land if it wasn't Tiffany Thiessen, right? Like, she just delivers everything so well. I think she, she's probably really enjoying being Valerie. You know, it's like probably a nice change of pace. So, yeah, she just does a great job with it all. Honestly, like, I feel like if I were to cast myself in a role, like, I would be the Donna of just, like, when I play video games, like, if there's an option to not kill people, I'm going to do that option. Yeah. But the more fun option is the Valerie option. That's why I think the perfect option is the person who has like the growth arc, right? Like we've talked about this countless Mm -hmm. times. It's much more interesting to see a person for their flaws and then kind of overcome them. Not, not despite them, but because of them rather than a person who's just always good. Now, don't get me wrong. We love Donna. She's an angel on earth. If ever we saw one, we fully stand by that. Is she the most interesting? No, but is, is Tori Spelling wonderful as Donna? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I mean, she is such an angel. Like, <laughs> you know, perfect segue because after the credits roll, we go to the Rose Courthouse where Lisa and Donna are talking about how there's going to be this like long weekend on Balboa Island and like the judges are going to be watching everybody, but Donna can't go because she's been subpoenaed. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just love the Lisa and Donna friendship. Like, mm-hmm. literally, my next note is just, I love Lisa Hart. I know. She's great. I mean, the fact that, like, we haven't really seen any of this friendship except for, like, two scenes. You know, one, she, like, waited for Donna while Ray was there. Like, she's like, oh, girl, I'm not going anywhere. And we just saw her, like, initially make the final cut. So we haven't seen her that much, but that's how you know it's a good character and good actor and good pairing is because we immediately are like, oh, I like you. And like you and Donna are like cute together as friends, right? So it's adorable. My only question was like, if they're going to Balboa Island for three days, Donna, how how do you expect to win? Like, right? You know what I'm saying? On it, so like you know, yeah, to jump ahead to when they're at court and all of the reporters are like, Donna, do you think this is going to affect your chances on the Rose Court? I was like, girl, you know she's not winning now. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm actually really surprised that there's not some, you know, ancient 
old-fashioned rule that her getting subpoenaed for, you know, being abused by her ex-boyfriend gets her disqualified. Yeah, either that or, like, yeah, yeah, like, disqualified is probably the right, and, like, there's an alternate who would come in, right? Mm -hmm. Like, something like that. I mean, that would happen if, like, you got sick, you know, like, really badly or something like that. I mean, I'm sure there has to be, like, stipulations or something in there, but, yeah, I was just like, oh, okay, I guess she's not going to win. It would be a really big, like, thing to throw in there if she just randomly won. I mean, yeah, it would kind of be like a huge F you to the girls who did go on this weekend and, like, had to put on the face the whole time. Like, yeah, it's not Donna's fault that she got subpoenaed for this court order, but, like, the way that we have had the Rose Court presented to us with Felice saying that she had to drop out because she was married, like, there's just no way that the Rose Court is going to let someone who has this like high profile case mm-hmm. be on the court. It's just 100%. not happening. Yeah, no, totally. And speaking of like, once we're at the courthouse, what I was noticing was the opening credits were rolling and, or not the credit credits, but after we come back from the opening credits, so many guest stars are listed. Like it just kept going on and on and on. And it was like so many people that we've never recognized before and that have never been in an episode before. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh boy, we are in for a doozy just because of the sheer amount of guest stars in this episode. Well, and the whole time that like the guest stars kept coming up, there was just that long walk into court moment. Yep. Like mm-hmm. I swear they dragged out the walk into court moment to be like, don't get distracted. Notice <laughs> yeah. what's happening here. This is a big episode. Exactly. And so much so that not only do we get that instead of normal B-roll where we get flower shops or CU's campus, whatever, we get that B-roll of the courtroom walk-in, but also we get a Brandon voiceover. (laughs) Because he's sitting in the back of the courtroom writing about this, which like for once actually feels right. This isn't his like, yeah, my hook is I love a parade. It's... (laughs) My hook is CU's quarterback is in court today. Yeah, like this is major local, if not national, spoiler <laughs> news. And like I didn't write a lot of his voiceover or we would be here forever. <laughs> but I did write down when he said, small potatoes for the average Joe. <laughs> I know. I'm like, yes, you have to work in Joe as a pun, whether it's a cup of Joe or the average Joe. And I'm so thankful he picked the average Joe. It was so good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like obviously this this like definitely hits on all of Brandon's journalistic passions because mm-hmm. it's investigative, but it's also sports. So I feel like Brandon was like, I have to do this. And like Susan was like, cool I don't like sports go ahead you know (laughs) well and it fits Brandon as a character as he's been explained to us too because it's white knight Brandon like sure this whole trial is because Joe defended Donna so like Mm -hmm. I feel like Brandon is you know on top of his journalism and sports being like oh my god kindred spirits like (laughs) yeah I have the same (laughs) I mean honestly we'll get to Brandon when we get to Brandon (laughs) Because mm-hmm. within this like courtroom walk-in, we see the lawyers come in, and it's Joe's lawyer, and it's the prosecutor, and the prosecutor is basically saying Joe can plea down, he'll you know have community service, no jail time, et cetera, et cetera, and Joe's lawyer says I'll bring it to him, 
And Joe's immediately like, nope, I'm not pleading. I'm innocent. We're going to have a jury trial. Well, that and he is like, look, like they're like his mom and other people are like trying to talk to him about it. Like, look, you, you know, you wouldn't go to jail. You, you know, blah, 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 blah. You probably won't play football, but like maybe you'll play at a small school. Like that's, they didn't say that, but I'm like, yeah, thinking in my head how football works in college. It's like, yeah, you could Mm -hmm. go to a community college or, or something like that or a lower program. And Joe's like, you don't understand. Like if I'm guilty, period, whether I am found guilty or I take this plea admitting guilt, I don't play football, period. Like he's trying to make them understand, like there's no option for him that equals you know, admitting guilt or being found guilt. It is only trial. Trial is the only option because he knows that he's innocent and he still wants to play football. Yeah. I mean, he repeats it, you know, multiple times in this season, multiple times in this episode. He's like, I have faith that, Mm -hmm. you know, everything happens for a reason. This is all going to work out. And I do think it's interesting because, yeah, his mom and Donna are like, Football players have admitted to way worse and still had careers. And Joe is just like, but not me. Yeah, you don't get it. And like, this makes me wonder how much things have changed in the last 30 years when it comes to football. Because like, I don't even want to get into it on this podcast. Mm -mm. It's not the place for it. But there are a lot of things, at least at the NFL level that will get looked the other way versus other things that are like huge, you know, sentence or punishment coming down and that sort of thing. Now in the context of college, the NCAA exists, right? So there is a governing body that then is allowed to not only make the laws, but then enforce the laws. So, Mm. and it could be independent from the actual literal government law. So in my mind today, if Joe just punched a guy and was like charged with battery or whatever, he might be suspended four games. Like that's in my head, that's what it is. It's just a suspension. It's nothing else. But I'm wondering if like 30 years ago, yeah, like this is a serious, serious thing. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, there is still something to be said, even in this with our like 2022 lens on it that, you know, especially in the nineties when there was just like less ways of having the media and the news and Mm -hmm. everything attacking you all the time like this story could have stayed in the news for that entire month it could keep going it could follow him just around California and then you know we do find out like later on it becomes national news like this could have been a lot more severe then than it would have been now or totally would be now totally and I feel really bad here because Donna is beating herself up. Mm-hmm. She is so upset. I mean, she blames herself for all of this. She's saying that she wishes that she had lied in the deposition and said that Ray started the fight, which is, you know, not Donna at all. Totally. Joe and his mom even are like standing here still being like, everything happens for a reason. We have faith. It's all going to be okay. And there's, like, a little moment with Valerie, but most importantly, Luann shows up. So, yeah. And that was a huge moment for many reasons. Number one, we've been asking, what does she think of this, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how could she possibly be okay with her son basically acting like his father did to him, right? We've talked about that. 
I think what was super interesting, and I don't know if this was a choice um, by the writers and the director, or if this was like, maybe we got a deleted scene somewhere, but she has zero lines when we first see her, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's just that stare down with her and Ray and Joe and Donna and Donna, uh, Joe's mom. Like, there's just this stare down from across the way in the courthouse, but zero, zero lines from Luann. And I thought that was interesting. I think Luann, you know, she had to be in this episode truly because of, you know, the context of it. But I think it's very interesting that, like, yeah, she is not only letting Ray go through with this, she is 100% on his side, even like with her history and knowing what's up with him and Donna. Yeah. I mean, we recall the very first time we were introduced to Luann in reference to Donna, she told Ray, like, you do whatever you can to keep that girl, right? Like, even if it was for bad intentions because of Donna's money and all that stuff, but Still, she was very much team Donna before she even, before they they were even serious. Yeah. And I mean, we've also talked about how like she's going to side with her kid. Like mm -hmm. she is like, yeah, you totally. don't hurt my baby boy. You put his arm in a brace. Yeah. You know, totally ignoring the fact of how this could possibly have happened to him. Right. Exactly. And, yeah, so, like, there is no conversation with the two. It is the stare down. And then Felice shows up. And I am just, like, having a moment because all the moms are here. <laughs> so many moms. So many moms. And you know what? Cindy would have been great to be. She would have been here. Oh, for sure. Yeah, she would have been here even if – um, Jim couldn't have been because obviously like Dr. Martin couldn't be there because he had emergency surgery to perform. But mm -hmm. like, yeah, I feel like Cindy Walsh would not only be there from a just supportive perspective, but also she's like, she was still a student at CU. So oh my God. <laughs> that also makes sense. <laughs> I'm at, like, it wouldn't have fit with the Aaron storyline, but I'm actually now that we are talking about it a little surprised that Jackie isn't here. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know the fact that multiple moms have showed up. I'm like, just like bring a mom hive. It's like in Riverdale when all the hot dads get together. Yes. Oh my gosh. Or like when um what was his name? Principal Honey wanted to cancel the musical so all of the moms showed up to like <laughs> make that not happen. Yeah. No, this is just like all of the moms in Donna's life are banding together to support her and like protect her. Yep. And it's what I want. Because even as they're walking into the courtroom and Joe is the one on trial, he asks Donna if she's okay. Yeah. Like, Joe is constantly checking on – I mean, on the one hand, it's like Joe knows he's innocent, right? Like, that mm -hmm. he was just defending her. So he really hasn't – but, like, the stakes for him are so high, right? Like, this is his career we're potentially talking about. But in his mind, he's like, no, no, the stakes for my girlfriend are high because she's being abused, right? And, like – this episode, I mean, we've always kind of been on Team Joe. I think we we're a little skeptical at first. We're like, is mm -hmm. this boy too good to be true? But like this episode in particular made me totally fall for Joe. I'm like, this is a good boy. Like, you are a good person. You have not revealed yourself to be anything other than honest, good, 
hardworking. I don't know. You just a virgin. On straight. <laughs> yeah, virgin. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, he's just a good dude. I literally, they like re sleeve Donna into a boy, and then we're like, now kiss. <laughs> yes. And I right? love it. Oh my god, it's so good. It's so it's good. so good. And then, like, kind of polar opposite to like step back a minute. Valerie is in court with everyone. And she is still insisting to David, like, side-eye, under her breath, like, behind everything. She's like, Kelly and Brandon totally had an affair, and they cheated, and just look at them together. Mm-hmm. David's like, dude, shh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, she's like, Colin's my friend. I have to do something. And David loved that he's like, Kelly's my sister. Yeah. Don't do anything. Yeah, like this, he literally says it's none of their business. And it's not. <laughs> it's not. And like, seriously, if this were a comedy, he'd be saying like, Kelly's my stepsister. And Valerie would be like, yeah, so I really have to say something for your family. Yeah, exactly. And David, yeah, there'd be a laugh track or something. But it, yeah, it's just, it's none of their business. And David wants none of it because I don't know, Valerie, there are more important things going on, ma'am. Well, and even for her, like, yeah. there's a whole surprise with that later that, like, Valerie, you have more important things going on now. Just mm -hmm. drop it. Just drop it. But meanwhile, Colin is over with Aaron at the park. Like, we got to take a little break because Kelly wanted to go check in. Rightfully so, I believe. Because, like, mm -hmm. last time Aaron was at the park that we saw, she got got. So, <laughs> yeah. rightfully so to check in. But they're at the park. They're painting together. It's adorable. He's showing her how to finger paint. And I had a sick feeling in my stomach. I was like, this is going to go badly. She's going to like spill on his art and he's going to get mad or something. But mm -hmm. no, it's all good. And his cell phone rings. <laughs> I literally, I was like, how does he afford a cell phone? Sugar mama. Kelly gave him her cell phone. And so she's just calling her own phone. That's probably more likely. <laughs> that's, that's probably very true that, like, the Taylor family gave him a cell phone and was just like, do you want a leash, too? Right. Like, <laughs> let's be serious about when family babysits Aaron. Because mm -hmm. I wrote that down, too. I was like, I have a sick feeling of Aaron at the park. I do, too. Like, oh, poor baby Aaron. She's just been through so much. Well, and so this little girl was not the most amazing actress in the world. She's five. I can't blame her. You mean she wasn't Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen? <laughs> I had a moment. I was like, how are they not all just like that? <laughs> right? <laughs> Where were Mary-Kate and Ashley? Could you just borrow one for a couple hours? Yeah, they're already on the on the whatever lot, the WB lot or wherever they were. I don't know what's over there. <laughs> right? Just like drive over and be like, can we have one? Yeah. <laughs> we just need one. But like, Aaron spills her paint and it does get on Colin's stuff and then like her entire mood changes about how she's so sorry and she wants to go home and she misses her mom and she misses David and I got really like unsure of where this story was going to go like the idea of watching a child you know mess up in some way and then immediately be like I'm sorry I want to go home like mm. it made mm. me very nervous of what they were planning to do with this. Well, especially given the fact that 
like what the main storyline is about, right? Ooh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about that, but now I am. Right? Well, in like 90210 has done this to us before. It's true. This true. Right? They'll have like some wild main story and then just like hit it hard with the B plot and it just mm-hmm. gets weird. So yeah, my brain immediately went to like, what is wrong with baby Aaron? Whew. And like, yeah, because also like, why couldn't Colin take her to the beach apartment? Like he was, he was insisting that they had to stay at the park for a little while. And I'm like, are like, Colin, why are you not allowed to take this baby in a car with you? Like, <laughs> well, and yeah, why couldn't he just stay at Mel and Jackie's? Yeah. Like, I, why yeah. couldn't he go somewhere with her? I mean, the beach apartment makes more sense because it's an existing set. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, Colin, do you not have a car seat? What oh. are we doing? Are you just waiting for Kelly to pick you? You have her cell phone and you have to wait for her to pick you up. <laughs> she really is a sugar mama. She has replaced his previous cougar sugar mama. <laughs> Kelly was like, I'm not doing that. And then a few weeks later, she's like, how did I become this? <laughs> yeah. She's like, am I doing this? <laughs> Colin is just that good. We don't give him the credit he deserves. He just betas everyone into doing what he <laughs> wants. <laughs> I love that for him. <laughs> he does kind of seem like a real beta. Like, if we're being for real. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> All right. Trial time. Jump, jump. Oh like, we're into it. Like, we're Law and Order 90210 right now. Oh, my God. I forgot about Law and Order 90210. <laughs> it's full on. Like, just like Mary said in her synopsis, like, it's got everything you could possibly need in a television courtroom scene, right? Like Donna's immediately on the stand. She has to point to uh, Ray Pruitt or whatever. I forget if she pointed to Joe or Ray, to be honest Mm -hmm. with you. She has to basically do the same thing that she did in her deposition, where she is just being asked very surface level questions with zero context, Mm -hmm. just admitting that Joe and Ray got into a fist fight, fight, but the only person who threw a punch was Joe. And, I mean, okay, so there are a couple of times that the prosecutor is like, and then what happened? And she's like, and then Joe hit Ray and not Ray grabbed me and like twisted my arm and wouldn't let go. Like, yeah, she doesn't say any of those things. But and like the lawyer asks if Ray hit Joe and she won't be like Ray attacked me like Mm -hmm. he didn't hit Joe, but he hit me or, you know, whatever. And then the prosecution rests. Joe's lawyer comes up and asks why the fight why? happened. Why? There's, there's a very pronounced H in that. Why? At which point, yeah, Boomy's like, go on, Donna, just tell him. <laughs> yeah, this is a safe space right on her head. Like, God, if her hair was teased well, just a tad bit higher, Boomy would have been sitting he he's just the emotional support boom mic. He just wants context. He's like, Donna, this is a safe space. Just provide context and we can all go home. I know. And I will say, like, the whole time that she's on the stand, I feel really bad that this whole conversation is about how humiliating it is for Donna to talk about being abused rather than, like, how humiliating is it for people to find out that Ray, an up-and-coming musician, is an abuser. Yeah. No, 100%. The, it's, I mean, 
Don't get me wrong. There are points in this episode where the writing explicitly says, Donna, this is not your fault. Like, mm-hmm. n- like none of this is your fault. And we even get another line later on in the episode where Brandon says, you're not the victim to Ray, right? Mm-hmm. So there is very good language. But unfortunately, just in this scene, yeah, we, we keep hearing how embarrassing it is for Donna when it should be the opposite. It should be you know, obviously, like, you don't want to spill out your your laundry in front of everybody. Like, that is embarrassing. But you should be more ashamed if you actually hit a person, right? Like, hit a woman, you know, because they don't love you back or for any reason. But, you know, in this case, like, yeah, I totally agree with you there. Yeah, it just, it kept getting to me because I think at this point is when, like, it pans to the audience where Kelly is like, oh my God, this is so humiliating. And mm-hmm. like, it just kept getting to me. Cause like, oh, this is really how we looked at this in the nineties where like, it was yeah. all on the woman and not on the man who did the thing. Right. And it wasn't until the defense attorney for Joe had to say that he was like wanting to establish a pattern of violence, right? Like, he got objected to because he tried to ask Donna if Ray had hit her before or Ray had hurt her before. And immediately, you know, the attorney's like, objection. And he's like, no, no, I have a point. I need to get this pattern here. Um, And this is where we finally get the context. But it's really unfortunate, if you think about it, because not not all people can have an attorney that can create this context and not create it, but like pull it out of people, right? Like not everybody can afford an attorney who is going to ask the right questions to provide mm-hmm. details that are needed for the jury. Like the fact that this is a jury trial means that the jury needs to hear both sides of the story, right? Like, and if it were me and I was sitting on a jury and all I heard was the prosecuting attorney's argument and like mm-hmm. questions, I'd be like, yeah, like case closed. Like, yeah, right. Ray didn't get hit. He got hit. Right. So done. But the fact that we finally got that pattern of violence established and Donna gets to admit that she was terrified that he might hurt her again. That's when you're like, oh, right. You hear the other side. You hear mm-hmm. the side that doesn't even really involve the, the fight between Joe and Ray. It involves what had been going prior to this to escalate to that fight. Yeah. And I think it's kind of interesting that after all of this comes out and Donna says her piece and like, yeah, the the jury gets to hear all of this is when they break for lunch. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's very, it's totally like dramatic with the TV show of like, oh, well, this thing happened. Let's break for lunch and like switch the sets up rather than sit here. But like, yeah, imagine being on a jury and having this guy be like, we need to establish this pattern of violence and that Donna was terrified that he was going to hurt her again and then breaking and just like sitting with that over your like $5 subway. Yeah. Like this and, and that again it's 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 important when that break happens too. So mm-hmm. because you do have to sit with whatever the last thing you heard was. Um and us as viewers have to sit with it too. Yeah. I mean, like, it would have been completely different if they took a break between prosecutor and defendant. Yep. Totally. And so they take a break, and we have a very interesting little moment between Brandon and Steve that I don't understand why it's in here. 
Yeah. I mean, so they like go to a hot dog cart. They're talking about how Joe was on the practice field this morning and like, oh, that's so like amazing about his character. And, you know, even though the coach like hasn't said he's ever coming off the bench again, he's still really trying hard on this. And Steve bets Brandon or tries to bet Brandon that Joe will get off. Because I guess, like, we have just totally blown past the gambling problems that I think both of these boys have had in the past. (laughs) Definitely Brandon, but, like, Steve is getting real heavy on gambling this episode. Yeah, he, like, makes two separate bets at one point. But, yeah, like, the fact fact that he tries, number one, to just bet on a human being on whether or not they go to jail is, is a choice. But also, like, think about the fact that just last episode, we were like, oh, my God, Steve, like, Claire believes in you. This is going to be such a good relationship with you. No, the writers are like, uh-uh-uh, uh-uh-uh. Steve cannot be good. Steve must be bad, always. Or he just must be sleazy Steve, right? Because then not only does he, like, try to bet on whether Joe is going to go to jail or not, he then steals Brandon's burrito or whatever it was he was eating. Are you kidding me? No. (laughs) They just ordered it. And then Brandon's like, I got to go file. And Steve's like, are you going to eat that? Yeah. He like, he's like, hey, man, I saw you just bought that. And you got to go do work. So it would probably be nice for you to have this while you work. But I'm also hungry. So I'll take it off your hands. Like, what? Steve, you have a trust fund. <laughs> Get Fire over yourself. damn burrito. Oh, it made me so mad. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, and... At this point, I can't even be mad because I, I'm i not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. You know, it's like, okay, now I know what they're doing. They're they're telling us we're not supposed to like him. We're like getting to the point where the parent's like, I don't know what to do with you anymore. I can't punish you because punishment doesn't work. I'm just yeah. exhausted. Exactly. Like, we're not mad. We're disappointed. <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> Constantly. Then there's – like another short thing to be like, don't worry, Colin is still with baby Aaron mm-hmm. and they're still full of sugar. Like Colin is just treating all of baby Aaron's sadness with sugar and I get it. That's probably what I would do. I don't babysit, but I feel like if I had to, I'd be like, you want to go home? <laughs> ice cream truck. Yeah. But also like, wasn't the ice cream truck the reason she got taken Last time? Oh, I didn't Because David think fell about, asleep I, on the bench and she went to get ice cream? I think you might be right. I didn't <laughs> remember that. Like, anyway, I don't even want to talk about the, like, repressed trauma that this girl has. But, like, Colin all of a sudden weirdly gets, like, into art and, like, wants to talk about art to a five-year-old. And Aaron's just like, I dropped my ice cream. Like, <laughs> I... I like to think that he's talking and she's bored. So she's just like purposely dropped the ice cream and is like, oops, let's change the subject. Right? Like, God. Colin, read the room. It was so weird. I want to see what Colin's like as a professor. I hope we get that for like oh, five minutes. I hope we do too. Just like we're going to see him in the classroom waxing poetic about art and all the students in the classroom are suddenly just going to have ice cream cones and just drop the ice cream <laughs> on the ground. See, I'm thinking like 
he's going to be in this and like talking about composition and like depth and all of this stuff where they're all like painting a sculpture and then it turns around and it's going to be that picture of a like little cartoon girl with pigtails oh my god yes be like i did it oh i need it but that's fine that was like all we really saw of colin and aaron because it's still lunch break at court and brandon is calling susan because he's ready to file his article and you can see susan is like all flustered in the newsroom like i don't know how big his column is gonna be he hasn't called me yet I love this banter, okay? Like, Brandon calls Susan, and he just immediately, like, wants to give her his copy. And she's like, what? No, hello, how are you? And he says, sorry, hello, how are you? And Susan immediately is like, I'm sorry, I don't have time for small talk. Remember, we're on a deadline. Like, yes, give me this kind of chemistry and pace forever. Give it to me. I, like, they are so perfect together especially when it comes to like newsroom stuff that yes the things that happen later I was very scared that we were about to lose Susan me too Emma Caulfield is wonderful as her as Susan like I could not have asked for a better match for Brandon right now like please be in game I know you won't be but be in game right like just stay as long as possible like stay too long so that I'm like okay it's fine it's just Brandon and Susan but like right now I'm like if you pulled this away from me I might cry you're gonna have to rip it out of my cold dead hands is what you're gonna have to do exactly because like (laughs) the I had the heaviest eye roll when she's like oh by the way the Associated Press called the CU newspaper (laughs) because they want you to write a nationally syndicated article, like the heaviest eye roll. But like Susan saying it, I was like, okay, it's still dumb, but I'm going to let it happen. Like it weirdly fits. Like this is the time where I'm like, okay, this isn't just a newspaper conference in Boston or like whatever. (laughs) This isn't the task force. Like this actually like somewhat makes sense. But yeah, for, for your argument there, it's like the fact that Susan gets to deliver it You get the passion, you get the reason, you get the authenticity, right? Because, like, of Mm -hmm. course, she would be the perfect person to deliver this news because it means something. Well, and honestly, she's probably a lot of the reason that it happened, right? Like, they say that, you know, the whole reason they need somebody from CU to do this is because Joe won't give interviews to anybody else. So they're hoping that his school newspaper would do it. And Susan, definitely, as an editor and as Brandon's girlfriend, was probably like, I got the perfect guy. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this gives me more insight into Joe, too, because I'm like, okay, is this is homeboy like a Heisman candidate? You know, like, is he, like, going to be number one overall pick in the draft? Because, again, if this was a quarterback, let's be honest, CU doesn't really exist. So, <laughs> but we just learned recently that it's in the Pac-10. So, clearly, it's on the national scale. So, clearly, CU is a good football school who got a good quarterback, who means something to the country. So, like, the pieces are falling into place that I'm like, all right, Joe's a good quarterback. This is a national footprint kind of school. And now it makes sense that the AP would want in on it. Mm-hmm. I will say I loved how this conversation ends where 
Brandon has to open his laptop and read his article to Susan while she types it on a computer because they don't have Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi or email. I love it. I love it. It actually like also made me think of this show. Um, it was on Amazon Prime and only had one season, unfortunately. It's a great show. It's called Good Girls Revolt. And it was basically about um I can't remember the the magazine that it was trying that it was like spoofing. What was it? It wasn't time. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But it was basically about like the state of magazines and newspaper journalism in the 60s and how the women were the researchers. Um, and they all did like basically all the work for all the stories. And then the guys got the byline and they would write the stories and things like that. But it made me think about that because I'm like, yeah, if you don't have computers, you don't have technology, you don't have email, what are you going to do? You get to a phone and you tell somebody what to write or you go back to the newspaper, right? Like crazy. Yeah, I'd never watched that show. And I think it was one of those ones that like I saw it got canceled prematurely and everyone I knew said it was good. I was like, well, I just, I can't take that heartbreak. I know. I know. It was really good. Instead, I'm going to watch a 10 season show. (laughs) That existed 30 years ago. (laughs) I know it ends at a time. I can prepare myself. Mm-hmm. Got 300 episodes instead of 12. <laughs> but yeah. So Brandon files a story and now he's got to get back to being part of the reporters, right? Mm-hmm. Because now he's got to get the scoop. He's got to get the quotes. Um, so we get some more reporters. Joe gets on the stand now. And this is this was so stressful. I was like, if that were me, I'd be sweating my ass mm-hmm. off completely drenched and also just bumbling through every every response and the facts that we learned here joe testifies that ray was holding donna against her will so we get more context the jury gets more context but then the attorney says but you didn't file a police report and you didn't take her to the hospital there's no medical report so Mm -hmm. why and then she kind of like drops a bomb, I guess, for you know, lack of a better phrase, where she's like, Oh, you didn't call the police, you didn't go to the hospital. Well, Ray did, yeah. And like in my notes, I can see that I wrote, like, Donna has been in the hospital before, she has witnesses to his behavior, and the show, like, they got me. Because mm-hmm. I'm sitting here thinking that, and the show is five steps ahead of me. Yep, 100%. I mean, yeah, and, like, Joe's only response is, like, uh, no, I didn't. And the and the attorney's basically is, like, well, be, like, why? And she, he's, like, well, I guess I didn't think she needed to go at the time. Like, it was so gotcha mm-hmm. in that moment that I'm, like, crap. Like, what are we going to do? Like, I'm on Team Joe, and I'm like, what are we going to do? <laughs> I know. And then they have Valerie take the stand. Yeah. That was another, like, little plot twist. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Why? <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, my God. And then you have Kelly talking shit about her as she's going to the stand. I was like, Kelly, what do you think is going to happen? Shut your mouth. I know. Like, this is – like, I feel like everything in this episode – confirmed all the things that we normally think about these characters and that we've been saying like we I think we said last week or maybe the week before that like 
Kelly just hates Valerie for no reason and finds any reason to be like, I hate her, I hate her, I hate her, and just spends so much time hating her. She She's just like, well, usually the only person that Valerie helps is herself. And I'm like, Kelly, not the time. <laughs> I know. It's like she is taking the stand for your friend. Yes. Oh, my like, Lord. If the rest of this episode after this hadn't happen i'd be like kelly this is your moment to be like maybe valerie's not such a bad person right give us and an it, olive branch here and instead she's just talking shit about her <laughs> in the gallery it made me think of um since we're going with the whole legally blonde vibe and made me think about when Elle's friends came uh, to support <laughs> her like go l or like whatever the blonde one says they're like <laughs> taking photos of her from the audience and like one of the, um, I guess members of the other team, the defense team, said something snotty, or maybe it was Chutney on the stand or something, and they're just like making faces <laughs> in the background. Oh, uh, and then Steve makes a comment about wanting a pee break. Oh my lord, Steve! It is not about you, sir. I just, I can't. And the whole like gallery, it's. It's honestly the perfect analogy to talk about Elwood's friends versus these people. Because, yeah, they're just, like, talking shit and doing stuff. I'm like, quiet in the courtroom. Yes. Like, order, order. We need the judge <laughs> to just, like, bang his gavel. I I feel like that's the only thing that didn't happen was him just, like, banging the gavel so hard the little thing goes, like, flying. Flying, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but instead, like... We basically get another kind of truth bomb laid into the jury where the defense attorney asks about the incident between Ray and Donna and Palm Strings. And as soon as, like, not as soon as, because um, admittedly, I was shocked when they called Valerie Malone to the stand. But mm -hmm. as soon as she, like, I got over my shock, she sat down. I'm like, oh, they're going to talk about Palm Springs. And they do. And I love Valerie being like, she didn't trip. Yeah. He threw her down the stairs. Like, Valerie does her Valerie thing and cuts straight to it. And she's like, I know what I saw, mm -hmm. which makes the rest of Valerie's storyline very odd. It does. Ugh. And we get a recess. Yeah. Valerie's testimony is essentially the last thing for the day. We'll convene again tomorrow. And we cut to the Walsh house where the gang is making dinner to celebrate Valerie's performance on the stand. They're barbecuing. I was like, is Claire making a rib rack? Like, what is this? I know. And then they're like, yeah, Steve's out grilling. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I mean, not surprised that Steve will use any excuse to celebrate. And now that Claire is basically his girlfriend, she's just like in on it with him. But like, weird vibe, y'all. Such a weird vibe. And luckily, David was, like, in the room at the moment. And he was the only one that was like, dude, like, no, I don't want to celebrate anything that I heard today. Like, I basically, like, think about it. This guy claimed that Donna was the love of his life, like, not too long ago. And now he mm -hmm. has to hear about how another dude beat her up? Like, are you kidding? Of course, he's not going to want to celebrate that. Right? Like, this is a kind of night where you order Chinese and, like, I don't know watch it's a wonderful life on vhs or something like you just do something very low-key you chill out you all hang out you don't like try and force a celebration exactly because honestly most of the house isn't even up for it like brandon goes to val's room to like congratulate her 
for how well she did in court. And then Val is just like, oh, well, you know, speaking of being an eyewitness, I saw you and Kelly. And for somebody, like, going back to your point about, like, how the rest of the storyline for her was very weird, for somebody who was just so direct and so honest and so, like, I'm here to tell the truth, she's very much keeping this gray area all to herself with what she, quote, unquote, saw. Well, and it's it's weird because they just, like, applauded her for being an eyewitness and telling everyone what she saw and then her like B story for her is like oh well I saw Brandon and Kelly cheating so I should tell everyone because I was just applauded for telling everyone that I saw Ray push Donna down the stairs Mm -hmm. and then like it all backfires on her and they're like you didn't see what you thought you saw you don't want to ruin our friendship you better shut your mouth right it was so weird and I didn't know what to make of it. I think it's like a classic TV and movie thing to do. And it's the thing that always makes us yell at our TVs, right? It's it's of where Val thinks she saw something. Brandon knows what actually went down. Now, was Val 100% wrong? No, she did see them kiss. But context is important. Much like this Storyline between Joe and Ray and Donna, context is key. And so I always yell at TV. I'm like, Brandon, just tell her what happened. Tell her your side of the story. That's all you have to do. To be like, yeah, I kissed Kelly. What of it? We like, li- like the reason we kissed was da 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 da. You've seen me mouth kiss Donna. You've seen me mouth kiss Steve. Not really, but like maybe. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised. You know, like context matters here. And I get so frustrated. I'm like, I know you want drama. I know writers. I know you want drama. I'm not here for it. I mean, you know, let's go back to Legally Blonde and Selma Blair seeing Reese Witherspoon in the professor's Victor Garber. office. Like, literally. <laughs> literally the exact same thing. Exactly. It's like if Selma Blair hadn't just jumped to a conclusion and would have just asked Reese Witherspoon what went down with Victor Garber, so many things could have been avoided. But instead, she has to do the, like, dramatic stop the elevator and, like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, let me give you, like, a snide comment. You really had me fooled. (laughs) Oh, my God. I would have lost my mind if (laughs) Valerie had said those words. You really had. You have to say had like someone Blair says had. (laughs) It would have been so perfect but no instead she's just like i saw you and kelly together and brandon is just like we're friends right you want to keep keep it it that that way way? yeah like them's fighting words brandon not solving problems words i know like just talk i know but like yeah brandon's even doing the thing of like i don't have to explain myself to you right and i'm like okay no you don't you're right because it's not her business but like she's going to cause a shit storm do you want to prevent this or do you want to right. have to, like, make up for it? Right. You could have gotten ahead of this so much better than, like, you actually did. And mm-hmm. not that he knows what happened to baby Aaron, but, like, this is, like, <laughs> a pivotal pivotal turning point. Yes. A hundred percent. But we, like, miss this whole dinner where presumably, like, all of these people, Val, Brandon, Susan – et cetera, et cetera, would all be at the table together. I mean, I guess we can assume Kelly and Colin are at the beach apartment with Aaron. Mm-hmm. 
but we skip this whole dinner to the next morning because Joe has agreed to talk to Brandon, but the only time that he's got in his schedule to talk is in between when he's at the practice field and when he's in the courtroom. And Joe is ripped. <laughs> like, I I was just like, okay, believably a football player. But he's like, like skinny ripped, you know, like he's not overly bulky, but he has some mass, right? So I'm like, yeah, you're also a quarterback. Like this makes yeah. sense to me. Right? It's like, <laughs> pour one out for Matt Ryan as a Falcon, but it's like Aww. at the beginning of the season, you see Matt Ryan, like as the season goes on, like his face gets thinner and thinner and thinner because he put on all the muscle in off season and then like playing football, he's just losing weight. Mm-hmm. No, Joe looks great. And he's like putting ice on his ankle in a really weird way, but I'm not mad because it shows off his arms. So, <laughs> right. He was very clearly like showing off his calves. And I was like, I mean, I, if you insist. Yeah. He's like, the ice bag is this way. Like <laughs> very, <laughs> very showboaty in terms of icing his ankle. But then he says like, he has to have ligament surgery. I'm like, wait, hold on. You ligaments down there is like your Achilles. Did you yeah. put your Achilles, bro? Yeah, and, like, he's just so casual about it. He's like, everything happens for a reason. I have faith mm -hmm. it's all going to work out. You know, the same thing over and over again. He's like, I'm going to play football. It's what I do. And, you know, I am in season six. I think I've admitted this before. Giving the show a little more credit about the things that they're writing. Mm -hmm. So having Joe talk about, like, all I know is football. I'm going to play football. I need ligament surgery. Like, I f there is something that's going to happen here. Like, I still feel so confident Joe and Donna are going to get pulled apart for no reason of their own, no fault yeah. of their own. Totally. Which now makes me think that the repeated gambling comments are going to come <laughs> back at some point. I, mean, I don't know how, but. I mean, you never know. Like, that's the thing is, like, there's so many freaking episodes in these seasons that literally – I don't know, Mel's um, assist dental hygienist that he had an affair with could come back and suddenly be like Aaron's real mom or something, even though we saw Jackie give birth. Like, <laughs> I really, I need the like giant cork board with all of the storylines and the red yarn to just yes. like follow it along. Be like, we well, they brought this up. Season five, episode 20. X happened, and then season seven, episode three, Y happened. Therefore, Jack McKay didn't <laughs> blow up. And we're back to that. <laughs> I couldn't think of another theory that has, like, blown up in our faces recently. Literally. Literally. Because <laughs> I got to say, I'm on fire. Yeah, yeah okay, yes. <laughs> well, okay, I'm not right about Donna leaving Joe to go back to Ray to save Joe. True. Very wrong about that. Very wrong about that. But that I still think that was a good theory. Like I still think it like it would have made sense. I feel like it's a little more plausible than what actually happens. No, 100%. I think that's that's why I'm still like, yeah, 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 no yours is good. Which 
back to court like this is the time where like at least we're back you know the next well i guess it's like a few hours later back at the courthouse and now like both of donna's parents are here luann and ray are there again but brandon goes to interrupt luann and ray to talk to ray and this is the moment i was referring to earlier um where basically Brandon, like, this is his chance to white knight it a little bit. Like, he was feeling a little pushed to the sideline. He wants to be the starting quarterback. And so he ends up telling Ray that he's not the victim. So he says the right things, right? Like, he, like Donna's the real person you're hurting here. Like, are you trying to keep hurting her? Because, like, you're hurting mm-hmm. her more now than you have. Like, and you've literally hurt her. Mm-hmm. And the longer he draws this out, the more this abuse is going to keep happening. Um. And like I said, Brandon says all the right things here. It's just interesting that it's coming from Brandon. Yeah, it's very uh, main character. Yeah, things like this is like Archie Andrews. Kind yeah, of stuff. like even though this is arguably an ensemble show at this point, it has not been specifically about the Walshes since all of the Walshes were actually on the show. Mm-hmm. But like. Yeah, they can't help it. Brandon has to have his moment and he's the one that has to be this white knight when like, I don't know. I don't know who else could have said this or like, you know, we could have just taken Brandon out of it and had, you know, Ray overhear Donna and her family talk about how much he's still abusing her and have him, you know, come up with this idea on his own rather than Brandon be the one to tell him like, you can do something about this. Right. Which... Yeah, I guess this is the start of Ray's redemption arc, this moment right here. Exactly. Like, give us, what, maybe 15, 20 minutes left of an episode? Maybe it was half? I don't know. I wrote so many notes, I can't hardly Mm -hmm. tell. But it's like, yeah, like, clearly they saw, at some point, what they were doing to Jamie Walters, and were like, "Uh uh-oh, scramble! Like, let's, let's figure out how to get this boy, like, to continue his music and potentially acting career. Love the football reference of a scramble. Oh, thank you. I'm trying to throw <laughs> them in. Like, I haven't been as diligent, but I even wrote my notes. Insert football analogies as mu- as many times as you can. <laughs> well, so when we go back into court and the prosecutor recalls Donna to the stand and the boom mic drops in, I was watching this episode and, like, John had come up from the gym. He was getting dinner ready. He finally, like, sat down as I was watching this scene. And he's, like, seeing the boom mic come in. And he just looks at me and goes, you know, you should call this episode. It's like, what? And he goes, here comes the boom. Mm, Because he was all up in the courtroom. He was all up in the courtroom. And I was like. He's just so interested. I mean, fair. Because once again, surprise evidence. Yeah, exactly. The prosecutor, you know, brings Donna up on the stand And pulls out her medical records from when she was admitted to the ER. And I don't know how she got those. Like, I don't know if this is a HIPAA violation or, like, subpoenas Mm -hmm. count in this way. Like, I don't understand. But she's like, oh, this is the form that you filled out. And this part at the bottom is an affidavit saying that you did not lie on this form. And then you said that you tripped on the stairs on this form. So you lied. And literally, like, Donna cannot say a thing. Like, she's literally 
she's like it's it's just wild to me and again this all goes back to like literally the justice system and how you trap people into mm-hmm. things and influence the jury in in certain ways and stuff and i'm like like because nuance context it all matters and like i just wanted donna to be like i was being abused like you know like Mm -hmm. not really because i would hate for her to have to say those words but like the point is the reason why she didn't put it on the form not that she wanted to lie is that the reason that she put that on the form was because it was partner abuse and she was not about to try to do anything to like potentially get abused by her partner again but that's not even what the like oh it makes me so mad because you're so right and I know what they were doing in this episode with the prosecutor being like oh so you lied to protect your old boyfriend how do we know you're not lying now to protect your new boyfriend right and I'm like this woman has to know what happened here and is like doing her job as a prosecutor but like I was livid It's so frustrating. Like, that's why sometimes I get super, super mad at the way that our legal system works, like, for a lot of reasons. But in this one in particular is because, yeah, it's like the prosecutor is literally doing her job. Like, it is Mm -hmm. her job to ask these questions of Donna. It's not her job to defend Donna or provide context or anything like that because the whole thing is reasonable doubt, right? Yeah. And if, if the jury doesn't hear that, Donna was being abused because you don't ask her the question, you don't get to hear it. Therefore, you believe that Ray is innocent mm-hmm. and he's the victim here. Yeah. I mean, it it really points to how the rest of the system is broken in that, like, abuse victims often, like, get blamed for not coming forward sooner. And, like, that's – Exactly. Literally what happens next is they take another recess – And Donna is just beating herself up over the fact that she didn't stand up to Ray before and that she lied for him at the hospital and that she did all of these things that she did when she was terrified. Mm -hmm. Like, none of this is on her. And, like, Joe is an angel on earth if ever he was one. (laughs) And just, like, refuses to let her sit in this. He's like, this is not your fault. Yeah, like, he even tells her, like, he never would have wanted her to lie for him, right? Mm -hmm. Like, even if she was ready to and willing to, he wouldn't have wanted it because then it wouldn't be the truth and it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a good situation all around. Like, I mean, I'm just telling you, Joe is a good dude. He really is. It, like, it drives me nuts that I am so suspicious of this show and I don't trust that they actually just get to be, like, happy little virgins together and she's on the rose court and he's the quarterback and like they could have been so cute there's like literally i the all that i can think of off the top of my head right this second there's really only been two shows where that i can think of right now where i was always worried that the couple that i really loved was gonna break up you know like it like you are right now it's that like bubble of like no 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 don't break them up don't break them up don't break them up but they actually like stayed together the entire time that's only happened twice and i'm not gonna reveal what they are just in case i watch them (laughs) but yeah like i just tiptoe on this because i'm like nope it's not gonna happen i've I've been burned i've been hurt too many times i have a theory about one of them i mean 
it it would make to- you would be like okay yeah 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 like it makes sense if you think about it but like I'm not gonna say it until you watch yeah. all of the shows if you get the if you get to them like I don't know if you're gonna watch these shows I'm gonna be really vague about it I don't know if you've already watched some of them I don't know if you're never gonna watch it <laughs> right I'm like sitting here and being like all right 20 questions I'm gonna trap you into admitting who it is <laughs> I mean you probably could but I'm not gonna I won't crack <laughs> <laughs> say crack again crack. <laughs> so court breaks and everybody goes home for the night and we this is a busy night everyone so busy. is doing the most because the first thing we see is the peach pit and Colin is picking up dinner and Val comes in because like you know pee pad there was things that had to happen while she was in court today whatever she sees Colin and he makes this comment about being so excited about being done with babysitting and Val literally can't hold it in any longer (laughs) she's just like I have to tell you what happened and we don't actually see her tell him but we know she told him yes because we have to go to the beach apartment where Kelly is drawing a bath for baby Aaron, and there is a lot of water in that bathtub, I am just saying. <laughs> yeah. Like, I have given my niece a bath, and, like, you would never put that much water in the tub for a little kid. Oh. And, like, literally, <laughs> literally, as soon as Kelly stood up, I was like, this is bad. This is, like... Rule number one of babysitting, don't leave the baby alone. Especially when she's gotten lost before. You know what happens when you leave the baby alone. Exactly. Like, that's the thing. It it doesn't even... It's like, let alone a situation like this. But, like, this child has an unfortunate, like, regular occurrence of not being where she's supposed to be. Yeah. And so Colin gets home. Kelly goes out to talk to him. And he starts the fight. He's like, so were you ever going to tell me what happened? And they're going back and forth. He's like, I know what happened because Valerie told me, which, (laughs) of course, of course you had to say Valerie. Like, you know how people have safe words sometimes? (laughs) What's the opposite of an an unsafe word? Valerie is Kelly's unsafe word. (laughs) This is very like season one of Love is Blind with... (laughs) Jessica and they're oh, just Lord. like I'm not allowed to talk to you yeah <laughs> and they call her she who must not be named that's oh my Valerie God. they call her Voldemort yeah I forgot about that that's hilarious yes Valerie is she who must not be named Colin should not be allowed to say those words he should not be allowed to say anything that rhymes with Valerie like I wouldn't have been surprised if as soon as he said because Valerie told me whoosh the door slams like candles blow out like (laughs) some sort of witchcraft is happening evil yes but I mean basically like he says Valerie and Kelly's just like I'm not having this conversation right now I'm going to give Aaron a bath And then, like, the most fake, passed out little baby Aaron gave me the most stress anxiety. It was a very long scene. (laughs) It was so long. And, like, 
the baby was clearly fine. Like, yeah, yeah. She's not, she's not a great actor. Colin was very clearly not doing CPR on her, but Kelly freaking out on the phone to 911 was stressing me out so much. And like, I didn't write anything down other than Kelly and David should never be allowed to babysit again. Yeah. Like, if I'm Mel and Jackie, I'm like treating her like bubble boy. Like, she's yeah. going in bubble wrap forever. Like, hire someone send her to your parents anyone but her siblings yeah it was i mean obviously you can't do cpr on a live person like obviously so we know it had to be fake i'm not mad about that i actually am happy that it was like correct cpr right it was like lifting the chin to open the Mm -hmm. airway like listening for a breath compressions like i didn't test the speed i didn't have my watch on excuse me but (laughs) (laughs) like it was just a stressful scene and i'm like y'all we're already stressed i didn't need to be taken to 15 you know right now like speaking of watches my watch has gone off and was like you seem very stressed (laughs) while we're talking about this Oh my god, it would have been so funny because my watch doesn't do that. It just says, you seem to be working out if my breath gets too heavy. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, I'm just watching free solo. Don't mind me. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, mine will be like, you seem stressed. Do you want to take a minute and have a breathing exercise? Oh my god, if only. I guess I kind of do. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank you for your consideration. But yeah, he like does this CPR. Kelly's on the phone. And then baby Aaron just goes... <laughs> and she's fine. The cutest little cough turns her head so she doesn't have to pretend like she had water in her mouth. Like, oh. <laughs> and so I'm just going to skip ahead to, like, kind of wrap up this evening because, you know, she, like, coughs a little. She's fine. Kelly immediately, like, picks her up, holds her really close. And then we cut ahead to Aaron, like, cocooned up in this big blanket asleep on the couch and Kelly and Colin are talking about everything that happened and like I don't know what I would have done if you weren't here if I wasn't here this wouldn't have happened and Kelly insists again she's like look nothing happened between me and Brandon and Colin says like do you love me that's all I need to know and I'm pretty sure he said that before or she said that like whenever they got in an argument it was like one of the first times that they were here together. That sounds um, right. Or it yeah, was like, I, tell me you love me or something like that. You know, like something yeah. of, like this is basically Colin's way of solving an argument. Which, you know, super healthy. But mm. they basically like they had their fight. Something else happened. They like kind of trauma bonded over it and they're done being upset about Valerie. Yeah. And the other side of the Valerie reveal Hmm. is Brandon goes to the newsroom and Susan is so excited. It's very cute. It's so cute. And she's like, you are smart. You're honest. You're curious. Like, you are perfect for this. You deserve this. And it just gets Brandon. He's like, I'm not honest. And he shuts her office door. And I appreciate him being the one to tell Susan of like, look, I got to come clean. Kelly spent the night over Thanksgiving, but we slept in different rooms. 
We didn't do anything because of my feelings for you and her feelings for Colin. And I really appreciate Susan just being like, oh, how noble of you. Yeah. I mean, this is like what I would have wanted to happen, but like right when Susan got back, right? Like this is continuing the thing of like, no, no, just talk to each other, be upfront first, not Mm -hmm. when you've been caught. And, but I agree with you. I at least appreciate that it came from Brandon and not Val like it did with Colin. Yeah. And I, I don't really like his tone for the rest of it. He's just like, I want to apologize because it was thoughtless, but we can just go on like nothing happened because nothing did happen. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was the acting choice or if like they actually wanted him to just be like, it was nothing. Let's act like it's nothing. Mm -hmm. But like it kind of felt a little flippant. And then Susan is – maybe it was because they wanted to show how upset she is. Yeah. I I can see that. I can see that because, yeah, it's like – yeah, she does get very mad. And I was like, oh, whoa, she big mad. You know, like mm-hmm. I was more convinced that she was mad and he was hurt. So I read it more of like, he's like, I know I messed up. I'm hurt about this. And but it helps amplify Susan's anger. Yeah. And I, I do think that's how it was supposed to be read. It just like the I don't know, maybe it was the way he was framing it where he was like, I just want to apologize. Nothing mm-hmm. happened. And like, mm-hmm. cause she says like, oh, what are we supposed to go on? Like nothing happened. And he's like, well, nothing did. Right. Like, I don't know. It was just the way that he said it. But yeah, she, she big mad and she shows him the door and then is just like flustered and trying to come up with something to do with her hands and ends up just like burying her head in her hands and like fingers all in the hair and like, what do I even do now? Mm-hmm. Because we didn't have enough drama in our lives. Court is going on for a third day. Mm-hmm. And we're at the courthouse. Everyone's walking inside. And Kelly stops because she sees Valerie coming up. And, I mean, if we thought Valerie couldn't help herself, I think <laughs> yeah. Kelly took a lot of joy in this moment. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's like literally Kelly hates Valerie more than she like loves Colin or is into Brandon it's like her hatred literally knows no bounds and like it was perfect because Kelly and Colin had just like kissed pretty passionately and Mm -hmm. she just immediately walks up to Val and is like you make me sick like it was very Darla you know like little rascals like you make (laughs) me vomit like that sort of thing and Kelly does actually have a good point. Like, I Mm -hmm. know she was like, this was all fueled by rage, but she's like, I get why you do it to me, but why would you do this to Brandon? She's like, in her mind, she's like, the bridge has been, there is no bridge for me and you, but like, you're kind of Brandon's like surrogate sister here. Mm -hmm. Why would you try to like, like jumble that up and, and, you know, just be bad with that and. Val's just like, what are you talking about? Like, I saw what I saw. Maybe I just misinterpreted things. Like, whatever. Like, she's just trying to be like, that, like, classic misunderstanding. Like, wah, wah. Like, whatever. Yeah. Most (laughs) non-apology ever. Exactly. And so Kelly's like, here's where she gets to throw out her, like, perfect little comment. She's like, hmm. Well, you know, you're 
insidious little personality disorder is going to get you into trouble. And I just hope I'm around to see it. And I'm like, yeah, like, let's see this. (laughs) I loved it. And like, she had that like bold lip and she just had a smirk going the whole time she was talking. Mm -hmm. I was like, I love this fight. They just like keep upper handing each other. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know. It, it almost feels like a Stairmaster, you know, like where it's like n- neither are getting any taller. They're just staying in the same place, but just switching places. <laughs> and you know what? I'm for it. Like, let's just keep this going. You just mm-hmm. keep climbing and climbing. Yep. Uh, so we go inside the courthouse. We go inside the room and Ray is on the stand. And boy is lying. He starts off by saying that he wasn't hurting Donna that night. The lawyer asks if he's ever hurt Donna, and he says no. And then it's like, (laughs) again, if this was a different show, Brandon's voiceover would have happened at this point and been like, you can change this. (laughs) Because it's like a light bulb goes off in his head, like the switch is flipped, and he goes, well, I've never hurt her intentionally. And if this were a different TV show, the whole courtroom would have been like, <gasps> like big gasp, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, like I am literally thinking of my cousin Vinny where they're like, the state would like to dismiss all charges and the music swells and they're mm-hmm. screaming and everybody's running out of the courtroom. I mean, the same thing happens in Legally Blonde. Like, yeah. Miss Wyndham, you're free to go. And then it's like chaos. <laughs> yeah. Because like it, it it is still silent here. Like the other lawyer, the lawyer is trying to get his testimony stricken, which I'm like, good luck. Like so even stricken. if you get that, there's there's no way that the jury can be like. Can forget it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that always makes me think in jury trials, they're like, oh, yeah, just forget you heard that. Like, forget. I've asked my mom about that before because she's a court reporter. And I'm like, during jury trials, like, if somebody says, like, do people really do the whole objection, sustained objection overall? And she's like, oh, no. Yeah, that's real. It's just not as dramatic as you think it is. Like, usually the objection is, like, a technicality and stuff. And then I asked about the, the, like, so, you know, strike it from the record or whatever. And my mom's like, I mean, yeah, like, people do it just so it's not written down. But, like, at the same time, a jury, if they were paying attention, they are they can't just strike it from their minds. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. That's just being a human. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think about that all the time. I'm like, I would not be able to unhear Ray being like, well, I never meant to hurt her. I only mm-hmm. hurt her because I love her. Well, and my thing here, too, is like, all right, now you're going to let somebody talk longer than just a yes or no answer to a question? Like, mm-hmm. You know, like the judge over and over would like lean down to Donna and be like, Miss Martin, answer the question. But now you're not like, Mr. What's his name? Pruitt, Mr. Pruitt, please just only answer the question. Like, you like, I'm like, okay, I get what they're trying to do, but consistency. It's because men are talking this time, Caitlin. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I'm just a frail woman. I, I would also like to point out at this moment that this episode is written by a man. Ah, yes. Well, he got a lot of things right. He did get a lot of things right. But it, like, again, 2022 brain. I'm like, we can't have a woman write about a woman having to talk about being abused. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, I had a lot of thoughts in this moment <laughs> because, like, Luann looks shocked that Ray is admitting to this thing when I feel like she deep down knew it all along. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like she didn't know this was happening. And, like, Ray wasted so much time and money. They had a jury trial. Like, the legal fees alone would be bananas. And Ray and mm-hmm. Luann don't come from money. Yeah. And then, like, after they do dismiss the charges and everyone tries to leave, the prosecutor, who was doing her job but made Donna feel like garbage, comes up to her and is like, I can guarantee Ray will be behind bars. This felt so sleazy. And I meant to ask my mom about that, too, just to see if that has ever happened that she's witnessed. But I forgot. But this is why I get, again, why I get so frustrated with the legal system. I'm like, because you, mm-hmm. your attorney is like, you just flip-flop. Like, you you, you mm-hmm. go where the money is. You're just trying to get billable hours. Right? Like, oh, my Lord. That rubbed me the wrong way. And I don't think we needed to see that from her. I would have been okay if it had come from Joe's attorney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the whole point that we had it was that so Donna could go stop Ray outside of court and be like, look, I have this over you, but I'm not going to do it because I'm better than you. What I want is for you to stay in therapy and treat your next girlfriend better. And Ray just says, like, I'll try. And Donna's like, no, no, try hard. Like, for your own sake, please try hard. Also, Luann's, like, basically one of her only lines for this entire episode, I hope you're happy now. Yeah, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, your husband, I mean, your husband, your son is just like your ex-husband. Yeah. Like, are, like you should, are you happy now? Like, what? Right? Like, you almost sent an innocent boy to jail. Yeah. Like, no one is happy. Like, because at the end of the day, Donna still got abused, Ray abused, and Joe had to deal with all his drama for no reason. And the thing is, like... Think about the news cycle. It doesn't matter that Joe got the charges dropped. Everyone is going to know that he had to go to court over this. Mm -hmm. Like, this is affecting a lot more people than your son, who is getting off scot-free. Like, he is not going to come under fire for, like, lying on a police report. Yeah. Crazy. He's fine. (sighs) Frustrating. So frustrating. And total, like, to change the mood, because I am going to get really worked up. My watch is going to hate me. (laughs) Did you notice Kelly wore Converse? (gasps) No. Yeah. She wore Converse to court. I was like, what a choice, Kelly. Am I going to go rewatch this episode? No, I am not. (laughs) (laughs) Will I skip to that exact moment and send you a screenshot? Sure. Yes. Well, like, yeah, I was like, big court moment, model Kelly, not wearing (laughs) heels. She's making a statement, okay? I mean, she clearly was, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I, like, I needed something to, like, pull myself back out of my anger at Ray and Luann specifically. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I mean, honestly, like, the next scene kind of took it took it on a higher note for me only because (laughs) we got Val admitting that like she can't help herself when it comes to pot stirring right like 
Brandon's trying to finish off his article. Val comes up to him and, and admits that she told Colin about Thanksgiving because she can't help herself. And then he's I, just like, will you ever forgive me? And I'm like, I don't know. Should I? <laughs> I do love Brandon's response. I love you, Val. I'm not stupid. Yes. Thank like, you. Like, that was so good. It was so good. And I love that, like, you know, the doorbell rings. He gets up to get it. And then he, like, leans down and is like, don't do it again. Yeah. Like, that like, was ooh. very brotherly, you know? That was very Jim Walsh. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, okay. I don't, I like that less. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I was like, oh, no. But, like, in a good way. Yeah. I also love that she, like, comes clean. She's like, I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. And Brandon's like, what do you want me to do? Give you a medal? I was yeah. like, you were just patting yourself on the back for not sleeping with Kelly last episode. True. True. They, like, all, they all deserve medals. <laughs> I would love so much if the gang just like gave each other certificates of like congratulations for not cheating on your girlfriend, right? Cong- <laughs> congratulations for feeling remorse. <laughs> I haven't had to not tell your girlfriend you did something in X number of months. Good job. They need one of those calendars that says yes, like, zero days since the last incident, and the incident is cheating, like. <laughs> There's just, yeah, there's just like a blackboard in the kitchen that's like days since Brandon cheated last, days since Val caused shit. <laughs> Steve since he last steve Yeah. It's like always steve, zero. Yeah. Yep. It's just, it just stays at zero. Like there's clearly like a race marks underneath Valerie and Brandon's <laughs> numbers. Steve's just zero. Perfect zero. No day clean. <laughs> <In> Sharpie. <laughs> Yes, someone gets like Steve's like, hey, you wrote this a permanent marker. Brandon's like, yes, I did. <laughs> God, if anyone was going to have a douchebag jar, it would be Steve. Oh my God, yes. He would need a separate bank account for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, who shows up to the Walsh house? Because why not? <laughs> Only Ray Pruitt. And I am now fully, fully, fully convinced that this is the jamie walters redemption scene right it wasn't just him admitting that he loved donna so much so he punched her like that's not what that is no it's ray smiling like there's an episode of legends of course i'm gonna bring it back to legends where (laughs) there's a robot involved and one of the characters has to like program him to smile but he does a very like like the way she programs him is very much smiling like you know, like <laughs> such a terrible smile, like a scary smile. Anywho, that's what this made me think of because he's standing there like weirdly smiling and talking at the same time. He's like, oh, I'm going to hit the road and try my music again. And I'm like, this is creepy as hell. And this was just such a weird. Why was this with Brandon? Yeah, right. I mean, it's only because he like was the one to say like, you're not the victim. Donna is like, blah, blah, blah. But Ray hated Brandon. So much. And then Brandon is like, I'm not going to let people forget what you did in court today. I feel like that's what, like, Donna should be saying that. She should be like, no, like, I have faith that he can become a better person. And this is proof. Like, that is a Donna thing that she should be saying. And, like, I don't know. Maybe Ray should have written a letter and left it on her Mm. door. And then Donna reads it and then says, I think he's going to be okay. And have Brandon do the voiceover. (laughs) 
would love if she opens. She's like, oh, it's from Ray. And then she opens it and Brandon's reading. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <gasps> but like, <laughs> truly, because he's like, he's like, Brandon, will you tell Donna that I love her and I'm sorry and I'll never bother her again? Like, why is that going to come from Brandon? Literally going to be like telephone and Brandon's going to end up like, you know, like that T-Mobile commercial with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, like telling him to come back from retirement <laughs> and all that stuff, like the blips and stuff. So it's end up going to be like, I'm going to bother you again. You right. Know? <laughs> I'm sorry. I loved you. I'm going to bother you again. Yeah. <laughs> I had to take a pause here, like not to go back and rewatch, but to be like, why? Yeah. Like it's literally, it's main character syndrome. Like Brandon has to be the center of things, even though this is very clearly an ensemble show. And this is why like Steve is like the only thing he's doing this episode is talking about pee breaks and trying to gamble about his friends' lives. Oh man, that's not a good segue. I don't know what is like yeah outside of that scene like yeah the reason is brandon is weird i really do hope that like jamie walters was able to find some like redemption in life Mm -hmm. because of this just not because he did anything bad but just because of all the stuff that we know that happened with him Mm -hmm. um and uh, you know unofficially but officially bye bye ray pruitt jamie walters to 90210 so sayonara adios um but Back to Steve betting on things that just <laughs> came out of nowhere. We're at the Rose Court now. It's it's the finals or whatever, like whatever you call mm-hmm. it. It's the final presentation. Is the the they're going to announce who's who's going to be the Rose Queen? Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Steve is like all up in the scene because he's sitting behind Brandon, and Brandon is still typing away on his computer. And Steve makes fun of him. For bringing his laptop to do work? Like, I'm sorry, Steve. He has a job. It's his job. And let me tell you, when Blackberries become a thing, Steve will 1,000% have one and be on it all the time. Like, I'm surprised we don't see him pulling out his pager all the time, you know? Yeah. It's literally just because, like, he only wears sweatshorts and doesn't carry backpacks, so he can't fit a laptop on him or he would. Right. But, like... After he makes fun of Steve, he decides to, like, bet on whether Donna's going to win the Rose Queen or not. So that's the second betting conversation that we've had by Steve in one episode. What is what is this about? Yeah. To make it worse, he's betting against another mother. Yeah. Like, it's just weird. And then, like... Once again, like a lot happens in this scene. Susan shows up and Brandon apologizes. They get real lovey dovey and kiss, and you know, they're just over it. Everybody gets to move on from what happened at Thanksgiving, which, okay. And then all the Rose Court princesses come out, and Donna and Lisa are together. And Donna tells Lisa she's just happy to be a part of the Rose Court and happy to have met Lisa. Which, like, really tells me that Donna knows. She's like, I don't stand a chance here. Yeah, yeah. But I'm happy that she made a friend along the way, right? (laughs) And Lisa won. Yay, Rose Court friends. (laughs) It makes me so happy. And I love that, like, Joe is like, oh, I feel bad that you had to be at court. And that's probably why you didn't win. And And Donna's just like, 
I'm not upset. Lisa won. Yeah, like she's so happy that Lisa won. I mean, it's adorable, and I really hope this isn't the last we see of Lisa. I really hope not, and I hope like we see her for good reasons and not like Lisa got hit by a car, so Donna has to step up. Oh, my Lord, yeah. No, please don't do that. You just manifested that shit 30 (laughs) years after the fact, okay? Like, if this comes true... (laughs) I mean, let's talk about it, because like... (laughs) The episode ends with a voiceover from Brandon. So, like, if this show between, like, all of this stuff and senior high school breakfast being about the gang doesn't, like, tell us that at some point Donna is going to just, like, fail her way upwards. I don't know. And it will be at the expense of a character that we didn't even learn the name of until the second time she was in an episode. True. I mean, but honestly, like, like me saying you manifested this, it's like forget like we may never know for sure about jack mckay right like that could forever be a mystery (laughs) but for some reason because on this night in 2022 you decided to say that lisa's gonna get in a horrible car accident and donna's (laughs) gonna take over it's gonna happen and we're gonna find out next week (laughs) what if next week was literally called like car crash yeah it's gonna be like (laughs) roadblock (laughs) (laughs) oh do we have anything else before we start talking about what like moments quotes the things we liked versus main character brandon no i was pretty happy with my segue (laughs) (laughs) it was pretty good (laughs) oh okay but i do have like two pretty good guesses for your quote of the week and i i really hope one of them's right all right lay it on me Okay, so the first one I've got is, of course, Kelly talking to Valerie outside the courtroom. She says, you know what, Valerie? One of these days, your insidious little personality disorder is going to get you in big trouble. I just hope I'm around to enjoy it. Hair flip, walk away. Yeah, no, that was a really good one. And then my other one is when Valerie apologizes to Brandon at the end of the episode and she's like how about forgive me and he goes I love you Val I'm not stupid Mary do you have a guess it's so stupid (laughs) it's very stupid but it's a Brandon quote from his article at the beginning small potatoes for the average Joe but for this Joe a conviction could signal blah 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 because I love that line. <laughs> I would write a line like that. <laughs> Let me tell that's you. That's not stupid. That's perfect. Yeah, that's also not stupid. That's my quote of the week. <laughs> no oh way! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> the only quote I wrote down. <laughs> I wrote down so many, but like, y'all know I had to include the voiceover. <laughs> Small potatoes for your average this Joe. Average Joe. <laughs> It combines two things that I love, potatoes, and Joe is also the slang for a cup of coffee, so. (laughs) I feel like validated in a way I don't think I've ever felt validated before. (laughs) Well, you could also be validated if Val was in your moment of the week. Oh my god. Um, (laughs) I'm killing it tonight. You are on fire. (laughs) So... Weirdly, neither of my moments are Val 
centric at all because one of them is just Joe's mom being Felice but nice. <laughs> she's like diet Felice. <laughs> right? She's just like Felice if she was a rainbow instead of an ice cube. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's like Midwest Felice. Yeah, because wait, no, she's from what, Philadelphia or something Mm -hmm. like that? Didn't they say like, oh, I'm so sorry you had to fly all the way from Philadelphia for this. I'm like, whoa, Joe's from not here. I thought he was from here. I'm telling you, they're going to find stupid ways to tear them apart. Like he gets drafted to the Eagles and he has to go because it's his hometown. Mm -hmm. That would be a good reason. I would be okay with that. Yeah. Anyway, Mary, what's your other one? Um, just Brandon's voiceover, like giving us a nice little scrubs outro at the end. (laughs) It's like, I love it and I hate it. And it's like, I hate to love it, but I also love to hate it. (laughs) I I think what works the best with the voiceovers is they are so few and far between that I don't have the time to hate them. So when they show up, I'm just like tickled. (laughs) Yeah, tickled's the like correct word there. That accurately describes how I feel. An occasional Brandon narration doesn't make me that mad. Nah. No. No, I kind of love it and hate it, like I mentioned. Especially when we find out that Brandon's first nationally syndicated piece has the phrase, small potatoes for the average Joe. Oh, <laughs> love it. <laughs> oh America my God. needs to read this. If Susan <laughs> cut that line... I'm writing her off. Yeah. <laughs> she will get a strongly worded email or snail mail from me. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right, Caitlin. What is next week's episode? Next week we have one of the lowest rated episodes of the season. Oh no! <laughs> it is season six, episode fourteen, "Fortunate Son." I just read the first sentence of the synopsis, so. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be great. I mean, it could be about Joe. It's probably not. We shall see. I mean, see. If, I'm, if I'm thinking a son, I'm thinking Brandon. But how did I spell it? Did I spell it S-O-N or S-U-N? Say the title one more time. Fortunate Son. I heard it S-O-N, but now that you said S-U-N, I can only think of the Mohegan Sun, which is a casino. In Philadelphia or in Pennsylvania. Interesting. Which could also be Brandon. Gambling. Yeah. I mean, Steve I was say. gambling a lot this episode. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Are they trying to give us that. unrelated foreshadowing? <laughs> Perhaps. I mean, it's probably me because I'm like, you don't know if it's an O or a U. <laughs> the fortune teller comes back. Oh. And it's a caper. <gasps> they have to catch her. Give me a heist. I need a heist. They all want to catch her to, like, stop her from drugging other people. And Steve and Claire are just like, but we had, like, really good sex on those drugs. So, like, (laughs) that's why I want to find her. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. (laughs) So we'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) We'll find out next week. And until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Back2Podcast. Shoot us over an email at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with your friends and family. All of those things really help us get seen. They help us build a community. And if you give us a review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out. 
because we really appreciate you. So until next week, from all of us at Back to Podcast, I got to go call my editor so I can read my story to her over the phone. I'm small potatoes for your average Joe. I hope you're happy now. Bye. Bye. See ya.